This is the coolest show brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know. Keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know. It's the Hip Hop Caucus. So, Tony uh, K. Bombard said that the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. And right now, uh, we are coming together to simply say, stop Cop City. Uh, budgets are moral documents. And when you are putting $90 million instead of for the unhoused, for mental health, um, for education, for health care, um, when you're putting that to uh, continue uh, policing and putting forth militarized policing of our people, uh, that's a problem. On top of that, um, this is a very unique situation because this is a moment here when we realize that there are those who will say that these are folks who are Democrat, there are folks who will say, well, this is a black mayor, um, and that part of it is not what we are honing in on. Um, we are simply honing in on the fact that when you can tear down the Willany Forest, um, and which is ironically right next to um, Barack Obama Elementary School, and you can tear down that forest to build a militarized police training facility that will be training police from all across this country, that is wrong. Um, when you would then take away that force uh, that would then not allow for those children to have clean air um, and more importantly clean water, that's a problem. When those children and that community in Atlanta would then be, uh, could have asthma and cancer and emphysema, that's a problem. And so we are very happy and grateful that there have been many of those who have been involved in this. So uh, let me give you some of the facts. Um, that we are sharing. This is in solidarity uh, with those on the ground. It is to bring awareness to those who have been fighting. So many times as we have been trying to connect the dots uh, in places from LA to Detroit, uh, to Memphis, to New Orleans, uh, they're operating in silos. Um, that can't be the case. Um, so we, we could not come any place other than the Congressional Black Caucus, and I'm so happy to see so many of you, particularly the press, who are here today, particularly the black press, who uh, we hope that you are covering the story. So let me just say a few things. That Cop City is a 90 million police training center in Atlanta that, if built, will perpetrate militarized policing and violence in black communities while also destroying one of the largest urban forests in the nation, the Willany Force. Cop City is a clear representation of how anti-black racism, environmental and climate injustice, and police brutality intersect. The pending development of Cop City has sparked a nationwide discussion on the allocation of government resources and the need to prioritize community needs over increased policing. Despite the fact that residents and activists have spoken out 
against Cop City for years. The Atlanta City Council approved funding for it in June this year. Earlier this month, Residents delivered, and I will say this number, 116,000 petition signatures to the Atlanta officials. Again, 116,000 petition signatures to the Atlanta officials to add a referendum to the, to the November ballot for a vote on Cop City. Twice the number required to call the vote under state law. Currently, the Atlanta City Council has agreed to begin scanning petition signatures through their, though they are still outstanding appeals in the court system, waiting to resolve. Again, pushing for voter suppression so that the people's vote and voice cannot be heard. And so, Cop City's police expansion and militarization will be especially harmful for black communities and is a signal to us all of what's to come in black communities across the country. So with that, I wanna bring up some of our artists um, and artivists who have been also speaking on this issue in, in, as a whole and joining themselves um, in solidarity. And so I guess the next person would be uh, uh, the folks I've actually been with in this road for many, many years uh, the wonderful, graceful, beautiful Amanda Seals. You know, one of the main um, temples of your uh, opening address just now was the fact that as artists, we really do need to be using our platforms for change. And it's not something new. It's not something, um, you know, even revolutionary to do so. I mean, we would be following in the footsteps of so many of those who, has come, who have come before us who have seen uh, their visibility as a bully pulpit for the less fortunate, for challenging oppression, etc. And that's something that I've always felt was important and just uh, a necessity to my own integrity. Uh, however, at this point, it's no longer an individual responsibility. It, it definitely feels as though there needs to be far more of us who not only see it as, an, as a necessity for our integrity, but we do need to see it as a necessity for our actual professional growth. Um, I know that I want to support artists who want to support us. I know that I want to support folks who are considering their visibility as not just a way to make money, but a way to make change. Um, those are the people whose films I want to go see, right? Those are the films whose TV shows I want to watch. Those are the people whose uh, you know, performances I want to pay money for. Uh, because we are continuously growing into a more critical and critical and criticaler, I'm using that word, time in this nation where the chasm between what could be and what's gonna be gets shorter and shorter and smaller and smaller. And I don't know that enough people understand the way that Cop City fits into that, even on a national level. Because this becomes a copy and paste project. And all it takes is for this to be considered a success for these other places that already want to see policing as a way to uh, continue oppression, right? To continue to further these discriminatory practices. All they need to see is one version of this a success for this to be copy and pasted in a number of other communities in other states, et cetera. So when we talk about the way that the environment is gonna shift with a cop city in Atlanta, we're not just talking about you know, the physical environment. It changes the environment of the society that is there. And we 
already know from back in 19 in the 90s when you know Goody Mob was talking about red dogs on their album. We already know that policing in black communities is done in an authoritative and menacing way. We cannot continue to increase that by now creating a facility to make that practice in a very practical way. So I say all that to say that um, I'm honored to be here beside the Rev, who is always here with a message from his voice and from his hat. Okay, he always gonna let you know. And I gotta say that um, I feel like more and more and more when we see people speaking freely, we encourage each other to speak freely. And I always say that we are, we are each other's business. Now they're trying to use this RICO law to act like, to act like there was a, a business of conspiracy with the individuals exercising their First Amendment right to protest. Uh, but what we understand is that there is no way to change without disruption. And so uh, we will continue to support those folks. I hope that all of those out here who have the financial awareness and the legal capability to support those folks are going to step up because, again, this is just a continual effort to bring us backwards. And progression is going to happen when all of us are actually actively moving together in that progressive direction. Thanks, guys. Stand right there. Next up, uh, joining in another artivist uh, actor, um, literally co-star. from co-star from this on the, on the same show, actually, uh, uh, Kendrick Sampson. I'm out here for um, another reason as well. I'm out here um, spreading the word about repealing and replacing the 94 crime bill. Um, And as you mentioned in these RICO charges and so many things, um, that that bill, that bill was so pervasive in pushing mass incarceration. Um, And as we're approaching the 30th anniversary next year, the 30th anniversary, we're back on this super predator 2.0 kind of campaign, fear mongering and making us think that we need to increase already inflated police budgets and give them more resources to do more damage. And if you, how, how I could, the, the average black person on the street can tell you with no uh, expertise in how to write policy and how to split up budgets, what to do with $100 million. And it's not to build a city and cut down more trees and make our environment less healthy. It's all going to be... Uh, spent on things, they're, they're going to demand it be spent on things that make us healthier. Right. Police do not do that. Mm-hmm. Police make us less healthy. Mm-hmm. And they still have, they take up so much of the budget that the things that we really need don't get addressed. Mm-hmm. They're going to demand health care and job services, housing. They're going to demand the things that make us healthy, nourishment, water, clean stuff, right? <laughs> They're not going to say, hey, build another city and practice how you're going to abuse us more in our streets. They're not going to say kill more people. They're not going to advocate for more militarization. They're not going to advocate for more of our people locked in cages. And now you have that, as, as Amanda laid out, it's a copy and paste thing. It's not just in Cop City. It's in the budget that was passed at the state level in California. 
It's that the budget for LAPD that already takes up 52% of LA's budget, now adding another billion over the next four years. With these false statistics in Texas and all over the place, in Florida, um, making fear-mongering and making us think and advocate against ourselves. I don't care if it's black leadership. Black leadership also advocated for the 94 crime bill. And look at the effects of that. They have pressure to address the things that are harming us in our communities. But the pressure is being pushed in the wrong direction. The pressure is coming from cops. It's coming from law enforcement. And it's a threat. They can't lobby with guns. You know what I'm saying? If we walked up in there with guns, what would happen? And said, this is what we need for our community. Yet they're allowed to spend ridiculous amounts of money threatening and, and influencing politicians to act in their interests, which are against our community and against the health of our communities. So we demand that they honor the 160,000 signatures gathered by organizers, demand that they stop uh, threatening people with RICO charges and criminalizing protest as the 94 crime bill emboldened them to do. We demand that they use that money for our our community That's right and to stop cop city mm-hmm. period period thank you this is kind of a loaded question but I'm making it as brief as possible I actually live in DeKalb County where all of this is happening not not like less than about three miles away from the organizing the protesting and my biggest thing is is I also work with a nonprofit here in DC the advancement project they're on the ground with other organizers. Mm. And my question to you all, and this is why it's kind of loaded, I love your presence. I love that you're using your status and your celebrity to bring awareness to this. But how are you connecting to, with those of us that are actually on the ground yeah. doing these things? Because it's so hard to get people to really care about it until they start talking about how much it costs or until someone like you guys come out and say, we're in solidarity, we're standing up for this. So tell, can you tell me directly what the strategy is while connecting with groups and people on the ground being affected by this? Yeah, I could, I could definitely speak to that. It's a great question. So I can speak to it from a hip-hop caucus perspective. Um, hip-hop caucus was literally... Oh, do you mean Mike? I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, the hip-hop caucus was, was called into action, I would say. Um, and we didn't bring up this name, which would be important. Um, we were there February 14th, which was less than a month after Tortuguita, when they were killed. Um, a non-binary um, force defender. Um, and that really set this to the next level for many of us who were watching that. Uh, we, we came there um, to Atlanta to hear what we could do. Um, the groups like Community Movement Builders, Yosanaha um, uh, uh, Lone Wolf, um, and our job at that time, well, there were very few national organizations. So first I would just to come into the space. To be honest, we were told immediately um, by many of those who are part of what I would just say is the Atlanta way to leave. There are many of those who are saying that um, if you, you shouldn't come down here, um, you know, it's going to hurt. It's, it's, there's, there's black folk doing this. And we were like, that's, we, we have to be here because what this is as Kedrick and uh, Amanda all just said, that this was wrong. But more importantly, we had to then lend our voice. So what we then did was to then help with organizing, 
um, just to bring awareness to it, to everything from putting out there to our message boards, working as artists. Now, they, it was, this was a very unique situation because there were folks who were kind of being put on each side. And it has gotten ugly. I mean, people have said, I mean, names have been called. I actually spoke at the June City Council, um, which was, for me, very personal. Um, uh, for those who saw that, um, because I was actually arrested myself and was very close to Julian Bond. We were actually arrested outside the, the, outside the White House together. Um, and it was something to me to be arrested with Julian Bond at the White House, and I'm now talking to Michael Julian Bond, his son, who's now pushing for Cop City. Mm -hmm. So it's this whole different thing that's going on. But I think the first thing we need to do is we bring awareness to it. Um, the referendum, the petition process, um, just encouraging those. Um, since then, there have been other groups like Black Voters Matter, um, uh, Dr. Bernice King, and many others on the ground um, who have chosen sides. And so I think the one thing we're asking for, and everybody's calling for, across from, and I actually want to appreciate, I know she's here, Priscilla Clark with CBC and also the Christian Black Caucus, because I think it's important that we're having this conversation here, um, because while this is an Atlanta issue, as Kendrick said, this is now, this is a national conversation. And so I think that that's what we're, what we're doing. The next step is just to hope that they allow referendum to happen and that people can vote. Um, but they understand that people vote because what they've seen by the, the tremendous amount of outpouring of people signing the petition, that they will probably lose. And that's okay. It's okay to lose, let the people vote, voice be heard. So I think that's the next step. And hopefully by next year, um, ironically, which is something, Tortuguita, they were killed um, right at the anniversary of Dr. King's birthday. And it just is stunning to me that, um, that they were killed in this way. Um, and so hopefully next year we, can, we can't bring Tortuguita back, but hopefully we can bring the best um, I guess, commemoration that we could possibly bring, which would be to stop Cop City. I just want to add a little zing to that. Um, there's a multi-pronged approach to revolution and change, right? So there's force, um, there's art, right? There's the writing, so we need the media, journalism, but you also need education, and so I know for me, I do not have a foundation. I do not have an organization. It's me, find me. So I am at this point, I try my best to figure out how I can use my platforms to not just shout out like, hey, this is going on, but how to educate, right? So for instance, like with my podcast, I literally was just reaching out to try to get somebody on the podcast that's been one of the 61 that can talk about what is actually happening. Because a lot of people, again, they only have so much capacity for what's happening. And most people are like, well, if it ain't happening in my 10-foot radius, then it doesn't matter to me. So we have to end up using our spaces to educate folks as to why this would matter to you. And that's where my role comes in. You're welcome. Yeah, and last thing is um, just the way this came about. Um, and part, partly, I went to Atlanta and sat down with Mary Hooks and Yanaja Halonewolf and um, met some of the organizers and um, specifically went out to figure out, to touch base with them and figure out what, you know, what is best in, you know, our organization, Build Power, is steeped in 
organizing first and the community first, so we're always led by the community. And one thing that I was saying, especially with what's going on in the strike and what people don't understand about um, the connection between policing and labor movement and breaking up labor movements um, and some political education on that in conjunction with the attack on CRT, on critical race theory, in conjunction with Super Predator 2.0 going on and the importance of the election coming up, all of this happening before an election coming up. And so Stop Cop City is not, it's not even just far from LA, it's so close to LA because it's a hub for Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be uh, concerned with that. And we have to be concerned with the community and it has to be led by the community first. So this conference came from us knowing, us reaching out saying what can we do and organizers saying actually we need presence other places. Y'all are all gonna be at CBC, you're all gonna be in LA, whatever it is, we need to make sure that they know. I just wanna shout out Clint from Black Voters Matters and Linus Rosor from Until Freedom. This again, just their amazing groundswell. So they would come on up, they'll be beloved. But I'm sure these fabulous people said all the important things. Um, and so if, if, excuse me if I repeat something that someone already said. I just want to remind people that the people of Atlanta submitted over 116,000 signatures. And I want to remind people that 116,000 signatures is 116,000 people and voters. And so if you look at the margins of loss or win in Georgia, just do the math. And so if you're not listening to the people on Cop City, then you're probably not going to be able to go knock on their doors again for a re-election. So listen to the people. We are tired of a country that allows homeless people all over our community, who's literally giving crumbs to migrants who are coming to try to live amongst us in our communities. No mental health services, crumbling schools, no health care, but you find millions of dollars to tear down a rainforest when we have climate catastrophe happening all over the world. Tens of thousands of people just died in Morocco and in Libya, folks. That is not disconnected from what is happening here in the United States of America. And so if we don't want to go into further catastrophe for our people, but also in a disaster of a 2024 election, Atlanta better get themselves together. Atlanta needs to get themselves together. Instead of building Cop City, why don't we build a new campus? Why don't we build more schools? Why don't we build more hospitals, more mental health services? So do not underestimate those 116,000 signatures that were collected by the people on the ground in Atlanta that were literally some leaving their jobs and working in the, at night, working in the weekends, leaving their children to make sure that Atlanta came up and Georgia came up with a loud voice against Cop City. Because those 116,000 votes, they can win you an election and they can lose you an election. Hey, good afternoon. Um, first, I want to thank, you know, Rev and the caucus. You know, Rev is no, no stranger to Georgia, right? We've been, we've been rolling together for a while now. Um, Black Voters Matter is not just um, a national organization, but we are based in Atlanta. I live in Fulton County, right? So this is real and personal for me. Um, so three things just real quick. First, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out my brother in struggle and activism, James Woodall, who's with yeah. the Southern Center. Southern Center for um, Human Rights that, that does a lot of the work, has been doing, supporting a lot of the work on stopping Cop City. Um, secondly, real quick, just to follow up on what Linda said, you know, 116,000 isn't only just twice the number of votes needed for the petition, right? right. It's also more than 
the total number of votes that the mayor got mm. in the last election. Mm. But more important, not only is it more than what he got, mm. it's more than the total number of people who voted in Atlanta in the last election. So even if you're not going to do the right thing just, just on righteousness and principle, just from self-preservation, yeah, yeah. you might want to pay attention to 116,000 voters, right? Um, and then the last thing I just want to point out is not only is this a, um, an environmental issue, not only is this a matter of police accountability, um, not only is this a matter of resources again being diverted, um, from our people, from our communities, to corporate interests, right? Um, but it's also a democracy issue because what this black leadership in Atlanta is doing, they have used and tried to use some of the same techniques that our opposition, that, 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 that white supremacists, that Republicans have been using all across this country, including in the state of Georgia, some of the very same tactics like saying that you got to have an exact match, like trying to change and trying to um, change the number of votes that are required, trying to say, oh, no, it's not 50,000. It's, it's actually supposed to be more like 200,000, you know, trying to, trying, trying to use all the same, trying to go litigating to keep the people from voting. Because many of those people that signed on this petition, they may not even necessarily be with us on the issue, but what they fundamentally believe is that the people must decide That's right. and let the people vote. That's right. But this mayor and the city council have been fighting against letting the people have a vote. And so this is also a democracy issue. And then the last thing I'm going to say, just to go along with what Sister Amanda said, thank you so much, Sister. Thank um, and, and thank you for, 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 for doing what y'all do. Just to add on to what she said about you know, the way what happens in Atlanta. Atlanta was the first city in the country to totally get rid of public housing. And you see how that has spread all across the country. So what happens in Atlanta, what happens in the South, often spreads all across this country. We are all connected, as Dr. King said, we are all connected in a single garment of destiny. And so let us not believe that just building this facility in Atlanta, Fulton County, DeKalb, that, that the impacts of this are going to just stay in Atlanta. It affects each and every one of us. Thank y'all. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a nonprofit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.